Welcome to Making Waves, a show about sound art, produced by New Adventures in Sound Art. Today's show we feature Geronimo Anuttuk. My uh, conversation with him uh, covers uh, his uh, background and uh, growing up uh, partly in Forbesher Bay, uh, which would be uh, now known as Inuvit, and um, also living in Quebec City in Montreal. And uh, he's uh, started off in hip-hop, moved into other areas of electronic music, and, uh, and then he went on to uh, do video and video and visual art, um, creating work for galleries and ex- exhibitions. And he's coming to NASA uh, to do a talk on the 17th at the NASA North Media Arts Centre in South River, which is where we're based. And uh, But he's also going to be giving a performance on November 15th on the Friday night at the Whitewater Gallery just north of us in uh, North Bay. And uh, we're going to basically let him have the floor and uh, speak about his experiences and his uh, development. And then in- we'll intersperse that with... Uh, audio from uh, some of his recent films such as uh, these apples and uh, w-dubs and others all right well uh, without further ado here's geronimo and on making waves I started producing music for a, a, a rap group as a teenager. That's the first times I, I uh, that's the first uh, time I, I, I could say that I, I was uh, exposed to the practice of, of producing uh, what we called then beats. I was making beats for our, our rap crew, and uh, I, I had quite an elaborate setup because at my disposal in my uh, in my home, I was living with my father. Uh, in in uh, Quebec City, and he, uh, he had a setup where he had a synthesizer and a, a, a MIDI sequencer with a drum machine, and uh, at least a couple synthesizers, a, a few of them, and uh, uh, and they were uh, uh, quite uh, I could say powerful or uh, or uh, quite a f- uh, it was uh, very possible for me to compose music using the synthesizers and and the MIDI sequencer, and just to have it uh, around. Uh, uh, you know, when we're growing up, uh, as uh, when we're younger, and, and we, we, we just kind of use what's uh, around us to, uh, to, to explore the world. So uh, I'm, I was quite uh, lucky to have uh, in my home and uh, in my times of exploration some uh, electronic music instruments. And, uh, w- you know, as, as I was wont to do at that age, you know, 15, 16, I would go hang out, play basketball, skateboard, and then uh, hang out with my friends. And uh, once uh, uh, my, my rapper friends got wind that I could make some, some original beats versus having to use someone else's music, then, uh, um, then uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we committed to, to this idea of, of making an album and uh, we recorded we recorded a demo tape. We went to a professional studio to record our, our vocals, and uh, all the music had been uh, recorded on on a on a cassette four track uh, uh, at uh, at at this home studio at my father's place, and uh, using a Roland Jupiter six synthesizer and Alesis MMT eight uh, MIDI sequencer. There was also a Oberheim DMX drum machine, uh, uh, Yamaha 
DX100 and TX81Z synthesizers. So that, you know, I, I learned some techniques of, you know, uh, multi-track recording, uh, MIDI sequencing, uh, analog synthesis, uh, FM synthesis, just exploring the sounds on, on those modules and, and uh, trying to make music. And uh, uh, what, what really kind of uh, propelled this uh, original practice of uh, uh, producing rap beats was, uh, you know, I had all these tools, I had these really amazing instruments, but then uh, uh, I, I, I was missing the final, the final piece for, for, for me to, to, um, to really take uh, these tracks that I was making on 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 the on, on these elect, uh, electronic instruments to, to take these tracks and take it to the other level and get the sound that we were uh, that we were looking for the same kind of sound uh, for, uh, on the records that we we listened to on the tapes we listened to and and that's uh, uh, the sound of the sampler which is uh, bringing in sounds from other sources uh, uh, you know notably uh, uh, you know in the urban music context and the, the hip hop music is is you know sampling and DJing is a very important part of that so uh in the music uh, as uh, to be able to uh, recontextualize other sounds and uh, to, to use that in new compositions uh so i i i, I begged uh, my dad to get me a a, a sampler and then the, uh I, it was at the time where there was some uh the market was uh getting some new uh, uh kind of cheaper uh like a uh, low cost uh they call them phrase samplers so you record something in it and uh you could pitch the sound up and down but it'll, it'll affect all the recordings that you have in it and uh, you have to edit the the, the start and end points of your sound with uh, numbers uh and but it was a nice little uh, battery operated unit and i could control it with the midi sequencer and then uh, uh i i would try to sync up the records i would have with uh the the drum machine sequencer and uh, you know and, and get it into the sampler and, and trigger it back with the other with the other sounds so this was all in my uh, you know uh, 15 16 years old uh, in my er in my early days and then uh, uh, from there you know uh, exploring sounds on records and uh, trying to get you know uh, some trying to find those those uh, groovy sounds on on soul and funk and uh, uh, other you know uh, uh, other sources because uh, uh, all those recorded sounds becomes a potential uh, uh, source of uh, you know to, to add on to uh, to to a production uh, in, in this context so uh, and this was a time when there was you know a uh, 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 discount record stores so i would go in there and, and come out of there with a huge stack of records for very little money and um uh and the when the group member, the founding group members of this rap group that I was in, the name of the group was called Pressure Pack. Pressure Pack, and uh, the I, the whole context was uh, it was founded by a a, a, a young man whose uh, parents were from Africa, from Senegal, uh, to be uh, precise. And uh, uh, there, it was of uh, a, a variety of of uh, it was a multicultural rap crew, uh, is what I'm trying to say. But the the founding member, uh, the founding. Uh, uh, the founding guy was African and uh, there was a whole concept behind this group was that the idea uh, of the Arctic, the North, uh, we were in the context of Quebec City, but uh, for someone who's who's coming from a, an African cultural perspective, I guess, uh, you know, even a place like Quebec City uh, could be seen as a, a cold place, especially in the wintertime with the, uh, you know, the uh, very generous snowfalls we get out there. Uh, uh, but uh, the whole concept behind this group was this, uh, the, the 
you know, the pressure pack that I, you could imagine the ice uh, pressure packs. And for, for various reasons, that was the name of the group. And the name of the, 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 the album, the demo tape we made was called Hypothermia. Hypothermia. Uh, so um, it was this whole play about this idea of, of, uh, of being in these frozen circumstances somehow in a frozen world. Uh, and that kind of, uh, that's where I first uh, got uh, the... Um, uh, I was given the name uh, Geronimo the Mad Eskimo in this context, uh, for, you know, from uh, Suleiman, my friend Suleiman, who uh, who was uh, who had started this group, and that's how I got this name, which stuck for me for a number, stuck with me for a number of years, and. Um, I, as I was collecting records and trying to get sounds for 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 uh, for this uh, for this rap group I was in, I was also uh, starting to DJ in a club. I lied about my age. Well, I'm I'm old enough now. We could talk about it uh, and look back and laugh about that. But uh, I I was 17 years old. I filled in the application to work in the bar in Quebec. You have to be 18 uh, to to have uh, to you know to go into the bar. And so I I, I you know I, I I could say I committed a fraud. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, you know that 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 was my first experience as a DJ and playing records and 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 I, it was kind of a community context. It was an African club, so uh, uh, it was it was part of the African community. So for me, it was fun to be involved in this kind of cultural context. And the samples that I was bringing into the productions was uh, uh, it was more kind of like soul or funk or or uh, uh, or even African sounds, con considering the context that that I was producing. Uh, the, this music and um, we did this for we did this for a couple of years and uh, we would book our own shows and it was quite uh, a good uh, experience for a young man to to, to do this uh, creative process and then uh, I guess uh, after a couple of years I I, I uh, I started kind of uh, getting away from from that and I had to grow up in different in different uh, ways and uh, I also started, uh, you know, going to school, uh, committing to going to uh, university and uh, first college and then university, and then uh, uh, I moved to Montreal and kind of got away a bit more from from uh, uh, trying to be a rapper, uh, uh, and uh, I was trying to explore more the idea of uh, uh, electronic music production and and kind of uh, the technical sound, uh, you know, all all the. Uh, and this was this was at a time when uh, you know uh, instruments and, and computers were were becoming becoming a lot more available. Software was becoming more available. I would say maybe in the early uh, early two thousands, end of the uh, uh, you know at Y two K era around there. This is when I, I had uh, come back to Montreal because I had I had come I had lived in Montreal as a child to do grade one when my mother did the Eastern Arctic News and Inuktitut at the CBC there. So. Uh, you know, I'm not a stranger to Montreal. I wasn't a stranger to Montreal when I, I came back in 1998 to go to university. Um, but uh, I studied a few years in, in uh, community and ethnic studies. But uh, things happened. Things happened, and I, I kind of uh, through the years, I've uh, I, I never did finish that that bachelor's degree. I had started it off, and I, I wasn't quite exactly sure what I wanted to do. But uh, that academic academic process was uh, quite helpful in the way where uh, you know it gave me a certain uh, outlook and in, 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 uh, in 
understanding in how certain you know institutions work but uh i guess my my heart really lied in in this uh what what had started uh, with this rap group um and i was still putting music out there you know during my university studies and on on the back our, on, on the rudimentary social media that we had back then uh and uh with our crt monitors and our, our you know uh, uh almost dial-up uh internet and that but um I was still putting music out there and using a, P, a computer software called a PC tracker, uh, you know, to compose uh, music on the on the computer and putting music on the uh, MP3.com. And uh, one of my friends from uh, from my hometown of Iqaluit, where uh, you know where I had I had done my grade school and uh, I I, had, I grew up uh, in the Arctic as a child and I, I left to, to go to 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 go to a, a high school and, and to college and that and I ended up kind of staying in Montreal for 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 various reasons, but. Um, my friend from Iqaluit, uh, who was living in Iqaluit, and who's also from Kujuak too, um, uh, invited me to uh, uh, remix one of her uh, throat singing uh, recordings that she had done with her friend and uh, uh, her friend Akinesi. So Sylvia, my friend Sylvia, was learning uh, with Akinesi under Akinesi's grandmother to uh, to do the practice of uh, traditional Inuktitut throat singing. And uh, uh, they they had done some recordings, and uh, for for the context of uh, a radio commercial, I think, or uh, you know, to pr uh, I think the the context was promoting traditional foods, uh, uh, you know, as uh, a healthy uh, a healthy diet option. Uh, the idea was to to compose a, a short. Uh, track for a radio commercial uh, using uh, a recording of Sylvia. Uh, I don't think it was a Kinesi, actually. It was her friend uh, uh, um, uh, Madeline, uh, our friend Madeline, who was uh, on that recording. And uh, that was the first time I actually used uh, Inuktitut uh, uh, cultural uh, expression in, 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 this, uh, in this, I guess I could, I could call it urban music in, uh, in a sense where I'm, I'm making electronic music or uh, kind of hip hop influenced beats or, or uh, techno influenced, you know, tracks. And uh, uh, this was um, maybe I would say 2004, uh, around my estimates, you know, that's not quite the most accurate thing. But uh, that's when I first kind of, uh, I, I first remixed Sylvia's uh, throat singing uh, and uh, I, I developed kind of a close partnership for um, a good number of years in terms of um, uh, exploring the idea of uh, remixing the sounds of 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 where i came from you know the 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 the, the if we think of the cultural reference points of inuit is the throat singing and uh, drum dancing uh, are very important kind of musical elements and and the the kind of songs that could be sung uh you know with the voice there's certain kinds of songs that could be sung with or without a drum uh and then and the throat throat singing which is kind of a uh, traditionally expressed by uh, a, a a kind of a game that was uh, uh done uh, uh, with uh, a, two women you know uh, as an expression of uh the world around them in a way you know and uh, a very beautiful way of uh, uh of uh, uh, reflecting the the experience of the arctic and that and uh, uh to to be able to uh, to start integrating those kind of sounds and to be uh, put to task and to uh, also uh, to just uh, have that 
as a tool, as a new tool, is it really started uh, like a, I could use the sound of a synthesizer, I could use the sound of a drum machine, I could use a sample, and I could use the sound of a throat, you know, a throat singing sample. It, it really started uh, um, expanding my palate and also uh, giving me confidence and that uh, in the fact that uh, these cultural reference points, uh, which for me didn't have much uh, kind of uh, uh, presence in this contemporary landscape or, or this contemporary means of expression within the urban, you know, uh, uh, constructs of hip hop or electronic music, I, I, it was uh, a way a way to kind of uh, establish a, a point of identity within this uh, sphere, right? And uh, so uh, it was uh, it was really great to start that process uh, with Sylvia and, and also other collaborators who I, I've worked with through the years, such as uh, Takalik Partridge, uh, you know, a, a Kinesi, uh, we mentioned the Kinesi, uh, you know, Sylvia Cloutier, and, and uh, I've, I've performed with, uh, you know, uh, uh, numerous peoples uh, to, and I'm, I've, uh, I've I've developed you know uh, d different kind of uh, uh, means of uh, expressing myself using uh, using music music and also now uh, video and bringing uh, these sounds into the context of uh, performances uh, and also art galleries um, it's a, it's a lot of fun Of my cultural reference points, I could say that you know I, I've I was exposed uh, in a very uh, uh, extreme manner. I would say because I I use the word extreme because the Arctic environment could be such an extreme place, a place of extreme beauty and extreme challenge and hardship, uh, and extreme elements uh, and, and and weather and climate. Um, 
So I, I was exposed in an extreme manner uh, to, to the culture, to the environment at a very young age. And uh, uh, my parents were residing in a community called Clyde River. And my mother's, my mother's family uh, uh, occupied an outpost camp outside of this community prior to the settlement. You know, uh, you know, to, you know uh, so there was, uh, there was a camp that we would go to. And, and, you know, the first three years of my life were spent in a very remote uh, Arctic community uh, uh, and where we would go camping out into this uh, outpost camp we live and my parents lived in a matchbox house and uh, we were very close to my mother's family uh, my mom's parents were unilingual uh, Inuit so uh, it was I was always surrounded by Inuktitut my uh, my aunts my uncles and uh, cousins and extended family who that was you know that comprised my community and also my family uh, uh, who and uh, just going out to the camp and, and uh, fishing and, and uh, you know, uh, seeing my uncles uh, uh, subsist on, on traditional hunting and fishing. Uh, very young, you know, uh, I was exposed to the Inuktitut language and culture. And then um, once, once I had left this context, you know, and uh, uh, I came to a very uh, modern place. I came to Montreal. Uh, you know, I ended up coming to Montreal to, to follow my mother. After my parents separated in my young age, I, I followed my mother to go. She was, uh, she was employed at CBC to do the Eastern Arctic News in Inuktitut. Uh, and uh, so I did, uh, I was going to daycare here in Montreal and then she would take me to work and I would be in this uh, uh, giant broadcast building and I would see the whole broadcast facilities from, you know, from, uh, uh, from behind the scenes at a young age. So I guess at a kind of a uh, at the same time, exposed me to, to uh, a, a rich variety of uh, cultural elements uh, in, a, in a quick, uh, in a quick uh, way. And uh, also, uh, my dad, who is French-Canadian, my mother, who is Inuk, my dad is French-Canadian, and he, he studied at the New York School of Fine Arts. And uh, he's a practice artist by trade, I would say, a very sensitive man. And I always, uh, you know, when, 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 I, when I, I, sp I spent some time both my parents together when I was young and then I spent some time living with my mother and then I spent some time living with my father and uh, so I, uh, the, both of my parents uh, equipped me with uh, you know very rich means of expression and um, so for me to uh, the, the idea of uh, of connecting with uh, culture, I mean, I mean, I've I've always felt this uh, very strong connection, just because like I was uh, immersed in it quite young, and uh, uh, I've always, until a certain point, felt very confident in terms of this is you know uh, this is who I am. Like I didn't have to defer to an exterior uh, uh, you know, uh, institution or, 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 or a document or whatever to try to create the sense of identity for myself. It was already established in, in the first years of my life and uh, you know, going, uh, living in, in Frobisher Bay, which eventually became uh, Iqaluit, we, we have to understand that uh, to, for, for, for common understanding, like uh, we'll say that I come from Iqaluit, Nunavut, but to, for uh, technically, I come from Frobisher Bay, Northwest Territories, and, that, and that's that's uh, that's where I come from, and it, it, that's what became uh, Iqaluit, Nunavut. Uh, but I, I 
I was born in a Cal uh, in Frobisher Bay. Back then, it, it was called Frobisher Bay because that's where the hospital was. And then, uh, uh, and then uh, that's and then I went to live in Clyde River. So t uh, I was born in Iqaluit, but the community I, I'm I'm associated to now in, in Nunavut is is uh, Clyde River. So that's the community where I, I, I spent the first years of my life. And then and then I went back to Iqaluit, uh, Iqaluit. That's the proper way to say it, Iqaluit. Uh, I went there to to do my grade school and. Uh, uh, in Frobisher Bay. So for me, Frobisher Bay, uh, it, it was a, a post-Cold War place and uh, there was, uh, we would play in, in, in uh, dilapidated uh, army bases, the old uh, distant early warning uh, uh, bases. So, uh, and uh, the, I grew up with this idea that knowing that the, 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 uh, the airport, there's been multiple airports through the years that have been uh, made in the community uh, uh, airport terminals, but the original, uh, the, the, the landing strip in Fro at Frobisher Bay, the community was in uh, Apex, a little further out, and then they, 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 they established Frobisher Bay for, for military purposes, and it was one of the biggest uh, landing strips, uh, I think a, a third alternate for the, the space station, or, or the, what do you call it, the, the space shuttle, uh, and, you know, it was this community was uh, built in this infrastructure where the, there was the idea of the Cold War, and there, there's a high-rise building, like a, uh, like a, a multi-story, uh, 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 it's a high-rise, I think it has eight floors, and then there's uh, these r row houses that were, um, uh, they, they were originally constructed as barracks for, for this kind of uh, Cold War uh, scenario, but I mean that's, that this is a sub-context I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, and uh, growing up in this time, uh, in the space for me, it was always at the boundaries of things, you know, and uh, uh, a boundary of, of this Cold War uh, at the frontiers of this, you know, uh, um, and then the, uh, at the frontier of, of when I uh, when I was young, I feel that the Arctic was a frontier that had, you know, it was still some kind of uh, uh, remote kind of frontier that had yet to be fully kind of uh, uh, apprehended for for. Uh, the collective uh, collective humanity, in a way, so to speak. But now, now uh, uh, with with everything with uh, Google Maps and that, uh, uh, I feel that that frontier has kind of been uh, breached in a way. studying social sciences and then I got into anthropology as uh, cultural anthropology in, in university and uh, I have 60 credits in a program called community and ethnic studies so I saw that as a way to access information that had been uh, uh, 
you know, uh, gathered and expressed about uh, traditional uh, cultures, and just uh, I, I just developed this really strong interest in, in the human the human experience and the, all the different varieties of, of means of expression that could be uh, uh, and and tools that could be used for uh, um, uh, helping out. Uh, make sense of you know uh, uh, the day-to-day life and uh, coming from uh, kind of a, a situation where I, I'm I'm in the middle of uh, uh, of these disparate ethnic polarities cultural polarities where these uh, there's very clear-cut distinctions and in, in, in identities and I don't I don't really belong to any any caste or caste or, or, or uh, you know race or whatever I mean I belong to the human race but I see I, I growing up I, I've always been kind of put aside in, in one way or another like I, I'm not I'm not one or or the other in terms of like I'm I'm, I'm both I'm both uh, 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 kind of uh, 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 a settler and also a, 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 an indigenous person. So I have both of those constructs, and I see them as constructs. And I see, uh, I see the the good and the bad of people on all sides. And I see how uh, uh, it's a it's a really good uh, position to to be in for my my what uh, I've been given, which is. Uh, uh, an artistic practice, and uh, for me, what that means is uh, a, an intuitive process, and uh, so, uh, but it, an, an intuitive process of reflection, reflection on on the territory, reflection on our identities, reflection on our experiences, and just reflection on 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 uh, just uh, my personal experiences, and uh, you know what's. Uh, Sometimes, you know, artistic expression is just uh, aesthetic exploration and uh, it's not always necessarily uh, has to be imbued with uh, kind of uh, all these um, elaborate meanings. But uh, I did, I've always had an interest in cultural expression and uh, where I was uh, developing uh, the sounds that I was, uh, you know, these electronic sounds, but mixing in the uh, throat singing in it. For example, uh, it 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 really started kind of uh, making me realize, hey, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of opportunity here, you know, because I feel that before then I I didn't really have a model to follow to to really to to find this expression, you know, and and uh, through the years it's uh, it's become a little more normalized, um, but uh, in the same way where uh, a sound. Is uh, is a great means of kind of uh, uh, exploring, you know, uh, exploring ideas and and things that are said and things that are expressed uh, musically. Uh, visuals is a very important part of it and uh, of art. And I grew up in in the context of visual art as well, and uh, very close to painting and printmaking. And uh, um, I uh, I was actually DJing for uh, an Algonquin rapper here in, 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 uh, in Quebec and uh, I was playing back his instrumentals. Uh, his name is Samyan, Samyan, and I was playing his uh, instrumentals during his, uh, his rap performances and we, he was touring for his first CD. And uh, at one point he's like, cool, uh, I'm, uh, can you, Geronimo, can you, uh, pu- can you play back some videos during my performances? Uh, like a very kind of a 
pragmatic question he asked me there i'm like you know what i I, i'm pretty sure i could do that and uh and uh because i the software i was using is allows allowed me to play back video as well as play back audio with my computer and um my controller so uh i'm like yeah i could do that samyan and uh he, he he had uh, he had been involved in a project called Wapikoni Mobile, uh, which uh, you know I've I've become involved with uh, in the past through the years, and uh, uh, he he had done a couple videos uh, through the project, and uh, he, I guess you could say he got kind of uh, more known through this, or you know uh, he he reaffirmed his. Uh, his expression through this, you know, and, and getting a ch him getting a chance to make a music video, it, it kind of helped uh, affirm his practice a bit more, you know. So uh, he he was um, he was in this project, uh, and uh, he had he was he had access to the to the video, and this was kind of early on in, in the in the earlier on in the stages of the project when you know it had been a couple of years the project had existed, so uh, a lot less films out there than uh, there are now, for example. But uh, he had access to the whole uh, collection of films, and uh, uh, that's what I would start. Uh, that's what I would play uh, in the background. Uh, during Semyon's performances, so that's that started my, uh, I guess, my experience as a, we could call a VJ, and uh, that's I was I was playing back video and instrumentals for for Semyon, and then I was just kind of exploring these ideas of uh, how could I uh, elaborate on this visual expression, you know, and how could I add on to this. Um, already to this uh, collection of films that were at my disposal and uh, also and I realized it's like I had to work in the same way in a very similar manner that I use in, in audio editing you know you take a, a uh, you take a portion of of, uh, of a of a recording and uh, you edit it and you uh, cut it up into the the portion that you need you know because uh, uh, some some visuals are more interesting than uh, than others in, in the context of like uh, of a, a performative piece you want to get those kind of uh, flashy scenes or whatever something that works on the stage context so I was looking for those kind of punchy images that would work in this context or something that would help uh, enhance this ex visual expression and uh, natural I was just naturally drawn to this idea of exploring uh, archives for keywords you know and and uh, trying to see much like how I would use for sampling sounds trying to bring in images into the you know uh, it was quite easy to transition to this uh, to, to this idea of VJing because I had already established that kind of language uh, and uh, both in in uh, in my uh, musical artistic expression but also through uh, having done a, a bit of act having been exposed to academia as well and uh, understanding archives and, and you know, uh, looking up keywords. And so I would use a variety of keywords such as Indian, Eskimo, Indigenous, Aboriginal, and uh, uh, etc. And, uh, and explore different archives, such as uh, notably the Prelinger archives, which is a, dom a public domain uh, uh, archive of uh, video in, in the United States that has um, a great variety of, of number of videos so I, I found there not only videos that, that had a that spoke to the kind of the indigenous experience and the indigenous construct and whatnot but all, a variety of different images that I, I found that could be fun to use and uh, that just I just um, 
uh, gained more assurance as well in doing that. And then, uh, uh, and then I, I started doing a couple more events, uh, not just for Samyan. Then uh, Wapikoni Mobile had invited me or, uh, through a project they had going called the Music Nomad. So uh, I, I, uh, I, I did some a, a couple shows with them. It was for the 400th anniversary of Quebec City. I, 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 the, I'm trying to remember the date. I, the date escapes me now, but uh, uh, I gained access to the uh, some archives at the National Film Board because the the Wapikoni offices were at the National Film Board here in Montreal at the time, and they were in they were in, they're in agreement. They're in a part. They had a partnership there. They still have a partnership, but. Uh, um, uh, I gained access to some of the archives, uh, some digitized films that are now in the public domain. And uh, I was able to use these for, for the context of these shows uh, that we were doing uh, uh, called uh, Hip Hop uh, en toute couleur. So also like uh, 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 in the context of a multicultural expression. Uh, but... Uh, these images. Uh, once the the show that uh, once the show was done, I still had these images, and I still continued exploring this idea of uh, manipulating this digitized film and and running it through you know different little uh, filters to 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 enhance its um, its visual appeal or to render it more abstract or uh, to just use it as a tool of uh, uh, reflection on these identity constructs or uh, you know or or, or, or our identities and uh, who we are uh, uh, as uh, as a people, and uh, because I, I'm, you have to understand, I'm 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 expressing myself in the context of uh, cultural representation. So uh, it, this all this all naturally came to me in terms like it, it just kind of fell on my plate in a way, and uh, it was quite easy for me to explore this, and then. Um, yeah, I still had this video, and I, I was still making music, and I, I just started putting the, the video and the music together, and uh, YouTube was now available to me, so I was just putting this uh, these videos on YouTube, I guess, or sharing it on the social media, and uh, a, curator, uh, a curator found it, who uh, and uh, I was invited to, uh, to, to contribute uh, uh, one of these videos I had put together using these archival uh archival uh, films that were digitized and that i treated and that i put to the, to my compositions so uh, i was able to uh, kind of progress professionally and and start uh, working within a context of art galleries uh, uh installation art museums and galleries and the uh, a, a touring show called uh, beat nation hip-hop as aboriginal culture uh my video called W Dubs was shown in in, in, in in this exhibit and this exhibit toured from coast to coast uh, and, and uh, toured for a couple of years and uh, it was uh, quite uh, uh, it was a celebrated and recognized show for for bringing together such a, a great variety of uh, contemporary indigenous uh, artists and contemporary indigenous expressions you know uh, because uh, uh, we're not bound uh, to st stick in a folklore culture, you know. You go to Germany and uh, they, they they have the, um, the, that festival where they drink beer and they dress up in uh, in this uh, medieval outfits or uh, Oktoberfest, 
and uh, it, it's 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 a it's a folklore tradition, right? But it, it's part of the kind of uh, it's an important part of tourism and cultural af affirmation for German peoples, the Oktoberfest. So in many ways, for indigenous peoples, uh, we have our own Oktoberfests. You know, like we have our own kind of folklore reference points. But we're also working within the context of you know. Uh, at, at the forefront of, of new futures, as, as it always has been, as, as settlers has come into this land of opportunity called, we call North America today, is, is, uh, settlers has always looked to indigenous peoples to help find the frontier of the future. And we're still doing that. We're still there. And I think through my process of uh, artistic practice, I'm still at, the, at those frontiers. And uh, there was a time where I, I became totally urbanized. I felt like I, I, I've... I've passed that frontier as well. I've became um, quite just an urban person. I've uh, faded into the urban landscape, just like uh, the concrete. And uh, uh, and uh, my challenges within this context is, uh, I'm I'm also I'm almost like an I'm I'm like an immigrant. Like I'm an immigrant within the city. I have the same challenges and very very much you know uh, as an individual. Uh, and uh, that's an interesting position to be in, you know, and um, I just can't forget where I come from. And uh, I, I, Inuktitut is my mother tongue. Uh, the indigenous cultural uh, constructs, you know, because it's, we, say, we talk about indigenous peoples. It's a really huge, w wide variety of cultures. Uh, but it's all in relationship to a land and uh, and, and uh, in respect to to some kind of environment. But it's all uh, it's all in reflection to uh, to um, I would say indigenous politics is always in, in this context of power uh, power and uh, in relation to the land, you know, and control power and control in relation to resources and that. And what the message is I, uh, we, we could get, you know, from these discussions is, uh, I mean, we, we get what we want from these discussions, but I, I'm, I'm grateful to be in a position where I have, uh, through my artistic practice, uh, an opportunity to reflect on that. Often I feel it's a responsibility, like my cultural representation role is one of great responsibility. And sometimes I, I don't always want to assume it because I, as an artist, I also want to just explore, you know, uh, ideas outside of uh, the social constructs and uh, economic, you know, uh, pressures of uh, how could we mobilize a workforce and, and use, you know, uh, different uh, ideas to mobilize a workforce. And it, it's, it becomes a very contrived thing to express a cultural uh, reality, you know, and, and we're at a time where after having been cut off for extreme, extreme reasons, violent in, in violent ways, individuals have been uh, violently cut off from expressing themselves through um, indigenous language and culture. And uh, uh, my mother went to residential school and uh, experienced some very terrible things. And uh, the, the culture shock that has been experienced by indigenous peoples within the Canadian context uh, and uh, has been very challenging. And uh, I forgot where I was going exactly with this, but it's it, it's uh, it's very much uh, we're we're at a time where 
the indigenous identity, which is a very rich and complex question, is being put to the forefront of our, our national identities within the Canadian context and within. The, you know. One of the challenges uh, anyone has to face within the context of uh, civic duties is having the trust and confidence to know that you're making the right thing, you're making you're 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 making the right decision. And uh, when an individual, when a family, when a people's has been brought to doubt who they are, and has been pushed under duress to make decisions about their own livelihood and about their freedom uh, and responsibility. Uh, it, for me, I've developed this kind of wariness that it's, it's, it's not of my intention where I, I've, I didn't know what to believe anymore from anyone because of, um, the complexities of, of uh, political drama and the theater of war that happens on the daily basis for control of resources, whether that's on a, 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 just an economic level in, 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 or just on a, a small macro, uh, 
microeconomic level and in and, uh, and human relations where there we there's a constant need for control of resources and and uh, exploiting something or someone to generate a profit uh, I mean uh, so the this construct this identity construct of uh, the historical experience of an individual uh, is rendered abstracted through the through the, the social discussions and uh, it's it's brought into the discussions now because it's great to, that we're at a time now where we could actually address some of these uh, complexities that have happened historically um, I haven't been in a position in terms of my uh, personal development, I would say, in my emotional development, I've been facing challenges, I would say, and I'm, I'm, I'm at a turning point, which is really, it's great, but uh, life seems to go in cycles in, in a strange way, and uh, I, there, there'll, be another, there'll be a time when uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll face some different, uh, a similar challenge in terms of, like, this, we're at a time where the, the national identity is trying to assume a stronger indigenous identity and, and assuming that in its education and and, uh, and recognition and inversely the indigenous peoples collectively are are, are assuming some kind of stronger kind of uh, national relationship you know to this uh, idea of Canada um, what for me my challenges has been is uh, uh, to get uh, enough of uh, distance where I feel safe enough to actually be involved in these discussions because uh, I could, I, I could say I'm still dealing with shock of trauma, of loss, of, of, of uh, intergenerational conflict. And, and uh, I mean, this is everyone faces this to a certain extent in terms of the pressures of trying to make uh, your way through life. You know, it's the life is not given to us on a, you know, on a, on a golden platter. You know, so we have to anything worthwhile is uh, is has to be fought for, and that goes for anyone, I believe. And and uh, but all this to say it's been quite difficult for me to assume any kind of you know uh patriotic or nationalistic or or any kind of identity within this context because for me it's been rife with conflict and i see i see this rich dialogue that is happening and and uh because of because of what has happened it has tainted my 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 thought process and i i've because i and i'm i'm undoing this right i'm i'm, I'm doing the hard emotional labor of undoing the cynicism and and mistrust that has developed uh and uh misanthropy in terms of like general mistrust of peoples i don't and i really that's not where i want to be you know because uh but as an individual and as a collectivity we have to understand that individuals and families which define a community which defined which define uh nations and cultures there's a lot of uh, individuals are, are facing these complex uh, challenges of uh, trying to uh, consolidate, um, you know, some kind of institutional violence somewhere that has happened. And 
all of this has generates some kind of benefit for someone, right? Uh, but yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge for me to, to engage in, in this kind of process of truth and reconciliation dialogue and whatnot that, uh, that's out there because it's also, I see it in, in this kind of, uh, I'm, and as I say, I'm trying to undo this, this cynical outlook, but I see it as this kind of uh, economic grab bag, you know, for like, hey, because uh, there, there's people that will assume an identity and they'll, 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 they'll think that they have a right to assume an identity and uh, some, some, some good could come out of it, you know, in terms of creating dialogue. But sometimes some people can't speak for, for other people. So that's what happens in the, and, you know, we're, we have to understand we're in a democracy in that. And I'm trying to understand that as well as an individual, like things, decisions that happen on a collective level that we don't always agree with personally, you know? So for me as an artist, I don't always, as an individual, I don't always want to have to drag myself through, uh, you know, what I've already had to go through in my life, you know? So I try to live as an emancipated person, as a person who is not always have to do emotional labor for others, because I've had to do that labor for myself. But what I do know is that I'm able to, uh, to bring um, reflection and dialogue on, on those questions. And I don't necessarily always have an answer, but I have some questions that could help push the dialogue, I think. <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to uh, the voice and uh, thoughts of Geronimo Enetuk, um recorded here in, uh, uh, well, he was in Montreal and I was here in South River, and uh, he's going to be joining us uh, here in South River uh, for a November 15th performance at uh, the Whitewater Gallery in North Bay, and then November 17th, uh, Artist Talk and Screening here at the NASA North Media Arts Centre. Uh, but I thought it'd be good to share uh, his work. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, Making Waves will return again on the uh, second Saturday of the month uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, local time, and uh, that's a way farm time in uh, Akron, New York. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the space, and uh, we um, hope that you uh, continue supporting uh, uh, Wayfarm and the WGXC and all the uh, fantastic uh, uh, programming that they uh, are able to share with you. Thanks for listening.